Hello and welcome to the JRS Podcast, episode 18, recorded on the 5th of December 2015. I'm Joe, and with me as always is Isaac. Hello. What have you been up to, man? Um, I, I can't really honestly remember reading. I <laughs> 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 can't remember last time we did this, which seems very recent ago, and then what I've been doing since. I think I've been reading and... I'm playing with trying to get this Pi class lined out, and that's really about it. I'm playing with your new Raspberry Pi Zero, which everyone in the world apart from me has got. Actually, I haven't had a chance to play with it because I have zero kits uh, or accessories for it. So the day that I went and got mine was Black Friday. So that store was a madhouse. And the guys showed me like where the accessories were that I could get for it. And then I looked at the line, and it, would le- it was going to be at least three hours. Oh, and I told him, like, I'm not doing this. He's like, actually, that line's a lot better than what it was today. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I appreciate it. So I just had the pause zero and I left. I took a picture of it, tweeted it, and I was like, I'm out. Fair enough. Yeah, you can get them off eBay pretty cheap, the bits that you need for it. Yeah, there's a little kit I saw in the Raspberry Pi store on their website that looks like it would be perfect. So I might just do that and get some random little swag things. That's about it. Yeah. So I've been um, watching TV as usual, even though I don't own one. What's that about? And I finished the Golden Girls, man. You know, I, went on a, I went on about it a while ago, and yeah, I finally finished it. It was really sad. What happens that, at the end? Just ruin it. I just what, what happens at the end? Dorothy gets married to some guy. Dorothy's uh, the tall one. Yeah. Okay, that, that sounds familiar. What happens with the other ones? They, I don't know. It's just kind of left. A little bit up in the air, really. Because the previous episode before the last one, the penultimate one, Rose has a heart attack and needs, like, heart surgery and whatnot. So did it's you, all a bit intense. Did you cry? No, I didn't. I uh, had something in my eye. I wasn't crying. <laughs> there needs to be, like, a go- the golden uh, boys. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That guy, yeah. What's the word? Redub of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also been watching Detectorists which is a UK series, and you should check it out. It's about these guys who are into metal detecting. And it doesn't sound very interesting, but it's like really well written. It's uh, Mackenzie Crook, who was in the Office UK version, the original one, and he was one of the pirates in Pirates of the Caribbean. But if you saw him, you'd recognize him totally. So wait a minute, is this a reality show or is this like fiction? No, no, fiction. It's a sitcom. But the, the situation is it's kind of in the countryside in England. And they are into, you know, searching for treasure and what whatnot with their metal detectors. And they get really annoyed when people call them metal detectors. They say, "No, we're detectorists. It's different." And they, I don't know. It's funny anyway. You should um, check. I it have out. to look that up. Yeah, most it's funny because a lot of American shows. I'm like, oh, this is good. I find out later like there was a British show that you know like preceded that, and that's where they stole the idea from. Yeah, yeah. But one American show I've been watching is The Leftovers. Have you ever seen oh, that? Gosh. No. I, oh, so I have HBO, and I tried watching it. It was the worst. And I've, I still don't understand what's going on. So, <laughs> Yeah, you have to stick with it, definitely. It, it's not immediately apparent what's going on. There's a lot of mysteries. Because it's from Damon Lindelof, who did um, Lost. And Lost I'm, was famous for You like, know what's funny? Mysteries. I was about to just say... How much it, I, I, this reminds me of how much I hated Lost. <laughs> I, did, I had no clue it was the same guy. <laughs> well, I never watched Lost, so I don't know. I, I had a bad feeling about it early on that it was just going to be mysteries and no real solution. Whereas this, well, the premise of it anyway is that uh, I think it's 5% of the world population just vanishes one day. And that's 140 million people, I think. I think that maths checks out. And it's just the reaction to that. And I think it's quite telling that the ATF has been renamed. The ATF in America at the moment is the Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, is it? That's correct. Bureau or whatever. And now it's called uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosives and Cults because there's just loads of cults have sprung up, as you would expect. And uh, it's worth sticking with, I reckon. It's There's a lot of just like, what the, what's going, I don't understand. But then some mysteries get solved and some don't, and I've I've stuck with it so far, and it's been pretty good. So I would recommend it anyway. There's a YouTube clip. I think it's called "Lost in Five Minutes," and it yeah. clears up the whole show for you. So. Okay, all oh, right. I'll have to check that out. I, yeah, it was like just, a smoke monster in purgatory or something. It's kind of a Spoiler. speed read, but it's really funny. So yeah. <laughs> fair enough. 
Okay, well, I teased it last time, but we have got one heck of a show for you today, folks. <laughs> this is probably the best show. Uh, uh, even though we haven't done it yet, I would say this is probably the best show we've ever done. And we haven't even done it yet, so what does that tell you? So without further ado, let's play a bumper and get right into it. Okay, so back in July, I tweeted, best six chocolate bars. Cadbury's Caramel, Boost, Lion, Toffee Crisp, Chocolate Orange Bar, Mars. One to six. And that was after a, a probably was a little bit drunk. And it was a kind of conversation <laughs> that I was having with my wife. And so it occurred to me one night, right, I'm going to send them to Isaac and I'm going to get him to review them on the show. Well, I, I think I replied to your tweet and blasted you that that was incorrect. And that's where this got going from. Oh, you said the worst list ever. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was either your tweet or your Google Plus. You, you know, you know, somebody, one of those two. Yeah, I replied yeah. to it for sure. Oh, yeah, that's you where said, it just came from. Yeah, you said, okay, so this is one to six. Snickers, Butterfinger, whatever that is. Kit Kat, <laughs> four, whatchamacallit. <laughs> Five, three Musketeers, and six, Twix. And um, That might need to be redone. That was just off the top of my head. But yeah, those, are, those sound pretty good. Okay, well... I said to you that I would send you them and would review them, and that was months ago. And then you got kind of quite excited about that, didn't you? I did. I, I was pretty amped when they actually came in. Yeah, well, it took me a while. It was only when the Luddite stickers came and I had to send you those that um, I actually sent you this uh, candy, as you would call it, chocolate, as I would say. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. I, uh, wait a minute. Uh, Jesse got mad because I referred to them as candy bars, and he's like, they're <laughs> chocolate bars. I was like, I've never heard them called, even though they are technically chocolate bars i've never heard anyone call them that really that's weird yeah it's just an american thing i've never heard anyone be like here's a chocolate bar like i honestly have never heard anyone straight now say that even candy. like with a hershey's even, <laughs> even with a like a, a hershey's bar which is nothing but chocolate it's like oh here's a candy bar yeah candy fair enough uh yeah it's funny that when i sent you those i was supposed to send you 10 stickers but there was only three stickers in the uh in the jiffy sure bag. that's that's what the story still is they blew in the wind you're like i'm not the, sending isaac 10 stickers <laughs> no, they, seriously because <laughs> what happened was i needed to buy the jiffy bag from the post office uh what do you call a jiffy bag a padded envelope um oh just that's just that's really it I, I mean there might be a technical name i just i just know them as the manila envelope that's got like the uh bubble wrap in it yeah we call it a jiffy bag anyway so I had to go into the post office, but they specifically say, do not use this as this <laughs> counter as a workspace. So I was like, okay, so, I'd, you know, there's a sign up and everything. So I didn't want to be rude to them. So I went outside and started putting stuff in the jiffy bag. <laughs> and when I, I got, it wasn't that windy. And I put like your 10 stickers on the bench next to me and then put the candy bars in. And then I turned around and there was no stickers there. And I was like, what's going on? I went in the post, did I put them down in here? And then it came out and I saw like one of them over the road. And then I was kind of like wandering around and I just found a few of them, but the other seven just blew away into the ether. So maybe What's funny someone... is you, you asked me, how many do you want? I was like, I don't know, 20. And immediately like, you, why do you want 20? You don't need 20. I, <laughs> I told you I was going to hand them out. You're like, here's three. Like, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> no, I was going to send you 10. Honestly, that is a true story that they blew away. Anyway, whatever. And so by the time I'd bought these the chocolate bars, which I couldn't get a chocolate orange bar, which was really annoying. But uh, by the time I bought them and put them in the Jiffy bag, and then I go to the counter at the post office and, and I said, okay, send these to America. There's no rush. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's like £7.57. I was like, that's more than I paid for the chocolate bars. <laughs> he's like, well, we could send them for £6.37, but that'd be, uh, you know, shipped rather than airmail. And that's going to take two months. I was like, right, okay. So this is the most expensive chocolate in the world then. It was, it tasted like that. Thankfully, you took a photo of this and posted it on Twitter. And so we've got Maltesers, Lion Bar, Boost, Crunchy, Mars Bar, Toffee Crisp, and Cadbury's Caramel. Yeah, let me get these wrappers out because I kept them. Okay. I didn't really do the notes like I should have. Let me throw them here. Okay. So the first thing was, did you notice that they were smaller than American candy bars? Uh, no, not really. They were, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I, whenever I go into the 7-Eleven near where I work at, everything now is king size. Uh, chocolate bars so it's just to this degree of like i don't need this much candy you know in my day you know so but now that you bring it up it is funny that let me look at them again some of them were about the same size maybe a little bit smaller but not anything in particular 
So I'm not really noticing too much of a difference besides we have that king size edition of all candy now. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Let me start with your, what was your favorite of them? Let me start with the worst. Cause it's actually my hand. Okay. The worst to me was the, uh, the Maltese Maltesers. Okay. Yeah. And they taste here in America. We call this, we call them milk duds and they taste just like that. And I don't, they weren't, they're only the worst of this bunch. I, I would eat them if you gave them. I, I love all candy. I would eat them if you gave them to me. I wouldn't throw them away, but they, I'm just not a fan of those milk duds. And that's what they completely reminded me of. So I was just kind of like, yeah, they're all right, but that's about it. I'm no, I wouldn't go out and buy them is a way to word that. So it's kind of honeycomb center with chocolate around them in kind of small balls, about a centimeter. Yeah. It's like a wafer covered in chocolate, little small chocolate balls. Not wafer, honeycomb. It's very different. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Let, let's take this seriously, Isaac. Come on. Let's, yeah, let's get real serious here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so hang on. Let me see what else we got here. Um, my favorite by far was the the caramel. Cadbury's caramel. Okay. Yes. And that, that doesn't surprise me because Cadbury makes those Cadbury eggs here in America. And those are amazing. What, cream eggs? Yes. So it's kind of white with a little orangey bit. That's, it looks kind of like a real egg, but it's That's correct. Sugar. It's a chocolate egg. Oh, okay. You've never had one of those? Yeah, yeah, we have them here. Okay, okay. We, when I saw this was made by Cadbury, but actually I opened it up as the first one I put it in my mouth. and I was like, oh my God, this is actually really, really good. Saw it was made by Cadbury, and, and then I realized, well, that's no surprise. Cadbury eggs are amazing. So Yeah. So that's why when you mentioned that list earlier I sent to you, I was like, oh, that's right. Cadbury eggs are floating out there. And I forgot how good they are. So that was definitely my my favorite. After that, the the toffee crisp was actually really good. I can see why Jesse is such a fan of those. Yeah. Hang on, though. Back on the caramel for a second, right? Okay. Did you know that Cadbury's makes caramel eggs? So imagine a cream egg, like you know, the standard egg that you're talking about. But instead of that white, creamy, gooey stuff. Oh, it's just caramel? It's caramel. I wonder if we have those here. I'm going to go get some. They are so delicious. You get them wow. at Easter. You get an Easter egg, which is a hollow, a big hollow egg. And then you have like, not inside it, but in the packaging with it, a couple of those caramel eggs. And they are just absolutely to die for. Oh, wow. That sounds well, really good. The Toffee Crisp is probably the least ethical of all of the chocolate bars on this list. Now, why Cause, is this? Because it's made by Nestle, who are, one of the least ethical companies in the world. Oh well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> whatever. It's so delicious. many. I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, you're, you know, you're unethical, but you make great candy. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> and that is chocolate covered uh, rice krispies, pretty much, with a layer of kind of toffee caramel stuff. That well. so that what you call it candy bar, I put on the list tastes just like this. Okay. And they are really good. So when I've been into the Toffee Crisp, the whatchamacallit was the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Which is actually a great name for a candy bar, by the way. Oh, but, that's literally what it's called. That's not, you can't remember. No, this. no, no. That's literally, yeah, literally it's called a whatchamacallit. Ah, right. I thought you were just couldn't remember that it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. No wonder you laugh so hard when you read that. Like, he is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's, again, that's similar. Yes. So that's similar to that. Now, hang on with me. I've got this line bar. And then what was the other one? You had Lion, a boost, and the Mars we'll get back to because that you've got there. But um, and the Crunchy as well. But yeah, first of all, the Lion. Then do you remember the Lion Bar? Yes, it reminded me of. Uh, I feel like a Butterfinger. Okay, I've never had one of those. If it, it, it tasted like a lighter Butterfinger, so the in, the the inside of it was very. I can't remember if it was that or the Crunchy. Uh, well, the Lion inside okay. is the. It's basically a, going through it is kind of like a square. Not square, but like a big rectangular bit of wafer. And then around that is kind of caramel and little biscuity bits, and it's all covered in chocolate. I think that's what it reminded me of. Uh, uh, we'll get back to that guy real quick. The crunchy is definitely the one I'm thinking of about the, uh, it was like, it was a lighter Butterfinger. So Butterfinger here is very th- covered, you know, it's kind of has that, I can see your honeycomb center. But um, Butterfinger is kind of that same sense, but it's a little bit more. Um, like peanut brittle in the middle. Not that rough, not that hard, but more, a little bit harder than this guy. So the crunchy was a lighter Butterfinger. So it was, it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, we call that cinder toffee. Oh, wow. 
Sounds it sounds really good. Yeah, well, it's kind of like toffee, but burnt. I think like that's why, but it's that's not what it is. They bubble, um, I think, CO two through it to give it that bubbly honeycomb type um, texture. And I think the line bar was kind of right along that to a certain degree. No, no, the line bar is very different because that's is wafer it? and caramel and stuff. So it's softer, much softer than crunchy. I should have took some notes. I was just too amped to eat them. So. Yeah. <laughs> And then you've got the boost, which is my favorite, I think. So here's the thing about the boost. Why? Okay, so when I first saw this, I thought it was a, like a power bar of sorts, like something you eat when you're working out. Yeah. Or on a hike. And then it's made by Cadbury. And, but it's it's the, the wrapper looks just like that. And then it my reading the size of it, it says, hang on, get boosted with chocolate, milk chocolate caramel and biscuit energy. So yeah. is is it... Is energy just part of the sentence, or is it, or is there literally a biscuit energy out there? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I kept nagging you, like biscuit energy. <laughs> but yeah, well, I don't know what biscuit energy is. So now that I read it, like as a sentence as whole, I think it's just and and biscuit and then energy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this that, is your your favorite. I mean, how do you not know this? Uh, my, no, my favorite is caramel, and then my second favorite is boost. Well, they're both made by Cadbury's. So that makes sense. Did, so is this supposed to be an, like an energy bar? No, no. It's just a chocolate bar. No, okay, I, it, I know what you mean. Like you get those workout bars and it, yeah, that, yeah, it, that, the font looks similar and stuff, but no, it's not at all that. So uh, this is just like a Twix here in the States. That's what it tastes like for sure. What? A Twix is totally different. A Twix, Twix is two fingers. No, well, 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 one of, one, so one singular Twix is a, a Twi. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's so it got me laughing. Anyway, uh, that's what it, that, I'm just telling you. That's what it reminded me of. It's not 100%. That's the first thing. When I try to compare it to another candy bar, it would be a Twix. Okay, that's interesting because we have those as well, and they are very different, I think. Okay. No, they're not. A, yeah, it's not 100% for sure, but it's, it kind of reminded me of like, a, of like a form of Twix. And then, of course, here's the Mars bar. And that tasted like, I think we have those here in the States. Yeah. And it tasted... Uh, Oh, what's the word? A Milky Way is what it reminded me of. Okay. Yeah, well, they're quite similar to a Milky Way. But So is it not the same as an American Mars then? Uh, I could not tell you because I've not had an American Mars in quite a long time. Okay. Fair enough. Candy is not something I go buy on the regular. Plus, I have a, a sweet tooth, so I have to watch out for candy. Okay. Well, same for me, actually. I used to eat a lot of that kind of stuff, and then I just decided that's it. I need to have um, abstinence-based recovery. Is what I call it. Some people call it a diet, but for me, it's oh. abstinence-based recovery. I don't eat cake, biscuits, or what you would call cookies, candy, as you would say, uh, chocolate, or crisps, potato chips, as you would say. So basically anything that's bad for you. I only eat meals now, pretty much. It's oh. not working because of how much I drink. But uh, yeah, that was I just couldn't be doing with eating any more of it. So we had a holiday party this past Thursday for our work at... And there was, you know, beers there. And there's a really famous cupcake place here in the D.C. area. And they went and got cupcakes from there. So I'm sitting there drinking a beer. And I look over and we have all these cupcakes. And I immediately just quit drinking beer. And I'm just eating, like, all the cupcakes that I can. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So all in all, what do you reckon of English candy, then? I think it's really good. I have, uh, I mean, yeah, if you want to ever send to me again, I would kind of say you can keep the Maltese there. But I would definitely take a caramel. Uh, Mars, even the boost was really good. The, the the boost tasted weird to me only because I didn't know if I should be getting like a protein shake when I'm eating this or or if it was just a candy bar. That kept confusing me. It was still good, but the the toffee crisp, the lime bar, uh, they're all good. I mean, the Maltese only was my least favorite, mainly because I'm just not a fan of that kind of candy. And the caramel was my favorite because it was more of a uh, milk chocolate. So, but Cadbury doesn't goof off when they make uh, chocolates. Okay, so I sent you seven items. You need to rank them in order for me, please. All right, hang so, on. So we've established that Maltesers is number seven. But I don't know, do you want to start with the best or the worst? Hang on, let me, let me, uh, we'll start, let me order them here beside me. The worst, we'll start at the bottom. The worst was the Maltese, then the Boost, then the Crunchy, then the Lime, the Mars Bar, Toffee Crisp, and then the Caramel. Okay. So top three would be caramel as one, two, top of the crisp, the Mars bar three. But it's been a while since I had the line and the 
the was it the crunchy i guess yeah. so okay what's funny about the maltesers was I, I had to go to three different shops to buy these things for you because I was looking for that chocolate orange bar, which is just milk chocolate, but it tastes of orange. So it's, uh, hmm. it's really, really nice. And in one of the shops, it was kind of by, I think it was either 50, I can't remember what it was, but it, it worked out that I got the Maltesers with another two bars for cheaper than if I'd just bought the two bars alone. But then it, it occurred to me later that it probably, the Maltesers what pushed it over the 300 gram, you, you know, the whole package over the 300 gram sh- uh, threshold. So that it ended up costing me another few quid to send that. So I should have just not bothered, <laughs> especially as he didn't even like them. So no, I liked them. It's just, they're not my, if I, if you were to be like, Hey Isaac, here's a couple of bucks. We'll get you whatever candy you want at the store. But like, okay. I would not probably get the Maltese. Okay. Funnily enough, that's one of my favorites, but that didn't originally make my list because it's not a chocolate bar. So technically it's not allowed. Because if you look at it, all the other ones are chocolate bars apart from the Maltesers, which are yep. just individual things. So if if I was allowed to have that in there, I think I would rank these probably Caramel first, then Maltesers, then Boost, then Lion, then Toffee Crisp, then Crunchy, then Mars. Yeah, all in all, they were um, they were pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the the ridiculous topic that I came up with one drunken night. But we're <laughs> only about twenty odd minutes in, so maybe we should talk about something else. And it occurred to me that I've never asked you this before. We were kind of chatting post show last time, oh, and that boy. is, you used to be in the Marines. So, how many guns do you own? Oh, how many guns do I own? Um, yeah. hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me count them. <laughs> the listeners are suddenly really shocked that you have guns. <laughs> uh, we'll actually get to the second story after this one. But um, I mean, hang on. One, two. Well, actually, let me let me think. Why do you go get them? Fire some rounds off. <laughs> oh God, no. No, that's not. <laughs> oh, you, you may lose count. That's. <laughs> <laughs> That's how many you've got. You've lost. I don't have that many, but I have some. I have, I think I have six. You have six guns. Hang on. Or five. I know I have five for sure. I feel like there's a six one. Probably a six one hidden. I don't realize. Where'd you keep them? Uh, Here and there. Here and there. Yeah. (laughs) No comment, officer. Yeah. (laughs) There's one. uh, Yeah. If anybody's thinking about getting crazy on this podcast, there's definitely one under my couch. (laughs) <laughs> that I just can grab really quick. So what kind of guns do you have then? I mainly have a lot of hunting guns that have been handed down to me. So I have, uh, I guess I have, I have a deer rifle, which is a, it's a 30-30. I have like a couple of shotguns. I have a 410. I have a 22. And I think there's another one. But I think, I think that's it. That's five guns. I, think, I feel like there's a sixth one. I can't remember off the top of my head. But that, that's definitely it. What about handguns? I don't have any handguns. The only reason I don't have any handguns, there's two reasons. One, I've never, most of these guns were handed down to me because my dad had them. And I used a majority of them for hunting or whenever I just needed like to go fishing. One of them is like really technically about the size of my, half the size of my arm or so. And it's good for if something were to pop off and I'm in a fishing boat, you know, I can grab it. Now, I mean, pop off, I mean like a snake suddenly appear or something happened that was just not completely anticipated. And, um, but I don't have any handguns because one, I never had anything handed down to me. And two, as much as I love guns, I handguns, I could see for, for me buying a gun, I, I, I would buy a shotgun or a hunting rifle because I see use in those. I would use them. A handgun, I don't ever go to the gun range. So me buying a handgun is just almost not worth it. It's a lot of, they're not that cheap. They're cheap, but not that cheap. But I just don't go to the, the gun range and I don't, I never, you would use them hunting. So that's why I don't have any handguns. Oh, yeah, and I have, I have a bow and arrow. That's right. Okay. Not a crossbow like Daryl Dixon off The Walking Dead. No, no, not a crossbow. I thought about buying one of those. I just never got around to it. Okay. So you go hunting then? I used to all the time, yeah. What kind of thing did you used to murder? Uh, murder. Murder! Um, deer and turkeys and squirrels every now and then. Did you eat any of the things that you murdered? 
Yes, that's that dude. That's the only time I go hunting. Any so anytime I'm a big fisherman too. Anytime I go hunting and fishing, we are there to whatever we take out. You know, whatever I take or remove or kill, I guess I'm going to eat. There's no ifs ands or buts on this equation. That's just how I take that. I don't. That's my mentality. I don't go kill anything for random fun. That's not cool. I've always wondered how it works there, because like I saw that um, bowling for Columbine where he goes into a, a bank and gets like a free gun or whatever. Like how, how do you, if you want to buy a gun in America, how does it work? Here's what's crazy. Honestly, the rules are so thin and not questioned, And you're not even honestly allowed to question them. If you're like a politician or want to like do a study on stuff that no one knows the answer to some of these questions. I mean, someone probably does, but no one cares. And so, okay, so if I want to go buy a gun, there's two ways I could do it. One, I can go to a gun store or I can go to a gun show. And both of those, if I want to get really slick at a gun show, I can just, you know, talk to the dude, tell him, hey, let's go out back and I can buy a gun like that. So right. I don't have to like fill out any paperwork. Really? Do You don't have to yeah. show any idea or anything. I mean, you, I guess you could. Some people are going to like do that, you know, but it's, it's the same as like buying cigarettes or liquor. You know, if you really want it, they're not going to card you. But guns is definitely at a gun store and a gun at a gun show. They're there everywhere. They're everywhere. Now, now I'm not saying you can go buy any kind of gun without raising sonic suspicions. Like you can't go and buy an AK-47. No, I've never been able to get my hands on one of those. But um, if if you buy a hunting rifle, it's one thing. But it's a lot of uh, I hate to say this, but a lot of stereotypical stuffs going on at these gun shows. You know, if I go in there, I look like I'm from the Middle East. No one's probably gonna. I might get someone to sell to me. I probably won't though. But if I'm just going there, average white dude, it's I'll, I'll get whatever the heck I want. Okay. Now, th- now that's to a certain degree. There are going to be some heavy artillery kind of weaponry there, like silencers and stuff of that nature. You have to have certain like paperwork and stuff to be allowed to just sell those and buy those. Not anyone their mom can get their hands on those. So, if you just buy a gun, I thought they all had to be registered somehow. They probably are. I don't know. So, if the police come round to your house for some reason. You know, if they suspect you of drug dealing or something, and they search your uh, your apartment and they find guns, then can't you get in trouble for them not being registered or whatever? Uh, maybe. I, don't, I really <laughs> don't know. I already tell that one listener from last week's gonna be like, oh, he doesn't know. Quit asking him. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. But but anyway, uh, I honestly have no clue on that. I really don't. I remember in the Marines, I had a buddy. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I want to say a buddy's dad was selling a gun. Another friend bought that gun and he shipped it to him, but he just had to like break, like bust it down. And when I say bust it down, I mean like, you know, kind of put it in different pieces when he sent it in the mail. Like take yeah. the firing pin out and whatnot, and that was it. Take the like the barrel out, or if it's if it's like a handgun, you know, kind of remove this piece and that piece and ship it like that, and they're cool with it. And what about going out in public with your guns? Then how does that work? Depends on where you are. Like if I'm in Texas, I'm pretty sure I think it's got like an open carry. Law open concealment or something like that. I can't remember the name of that. I think you can openly carry a pistol in the public. Okay, because I remember like seeing something about the Black Panthers, how they used to just carry guns. Because the law is if if it's concealed, that is the problem. If it's concealed about your person, then it's illegal. But if it, if you're carrying it in the open, you're right. I think you're correct, and I think that also back in the the 20s, that was one of the problems with Chicago and the whole Al Capone era because you weren't allowed. It was illegal to conceal a gun, but you were allowed to carry them in the open. So people were just like openly with tommy guns <laughs> <laughs> nice but um i think that's i think it just depends and that changes a lot too as each as more shootings occur in america more states push for this to change and that and that's what's so disgusting about guns so we had that horrible shooting just recently in san bernardino in california and the next day in congress so we have a no-fly list here in america though the bill was if you're on the no-fly list then you should not be allowed to buy a gun I cannot believe that's even a question we're asking. Even better was the fact that Bill got shot down. So you, you, if you're on the no-fly list, you can still buy guns in America. So what's the no-fly list? That means like if you're uh, someone that we consider more likely a terroristic mindset, then you're not allowed to fly on an airplane due and, to the fact you could play hijacking. And who decides that then? The powers that be. <laughs> the powers that be. Yeah. But yeah, if you were to, so yeah, technically a terrorist, I mean, somebody that's on the no-fly list is more, nine times out of 10, they're going to consider probably, a, you know, a terrorist or terroristic threat, but they can still buy guns. Nice. Yeah, it's really awesome. <laughs> Good job, America. <laughs> and so are there any rules about where you keep them in your house or can you just literally keep it, you know, on the counter? 
Yeah, you can, wherever. I mean, it's your, your home. And I'm right in thinking that if I try and break into your house, you can shoot me. And now, shoot me dead. That, that, this reminds me of a Simpsons where Homer was told that law and he, he called Flanders to come over and they inform <laughs> him that he, he, he had to break in. You can't invite him over. <laughs> yeah, but if someone's like trying to burgle your house, then you can just shoot them in the head. And I think no it, questions it, asked. what's crazy is, is I know this was a big deal. There's been a couple of cases very, re- not very recently, but within the past couple of years, that was a big deal about the Tavon Martin shooting in Florida, where if you feel threatened, you're allowed to shoot. So Florida, I know is different. There was, I can't remember if it was Florida or somewhere else where some girl, her car broke down and she knocked on the door and the guy shot her because he felt threatened and he got into a load of trouble. Yeah. But there, I think that that really varies for state to state because, okay, so that's a huge, that's a huge problem in New, uh, in Louisiana. In Louisiana, if you someone tries to steal your car, I'm I'm think I'm certain on this. If someone tries to steal your car in your Louisiana, you're allowed to shoot them, and that's what <laughs> causes New Orleans to have like these high, insane high homicide rates. So, but I don't think in Virginia you're really allowed to do that. But like DC, especially, you're not allowed to have like I think any handguns. But they're trying to change that to where you can like go up into the the state capitol with a handgun on your person. What you can actually do that. So in D.C., this is how crazy the, law, the laws of D.C. are way different because you're not considered a state. So in D.C., a couple of years ago, they voted to legalize marijuana, and they also voted they didn't want people carrying handguns in public. Congress gets the final say in all this, though. So Congress intervenes and says, no, pot is going to be illegal still, and yes, you can carry handguns. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, of all the, D.C.'s not a state, but it's definitely not on the right, uh, far right of anything. You know, they're very open, it's, you know, that kind of an area, heavy Democratic. And it's so funny, these Republicans are pushing that wheel. People are like, dude, we just want to smoke some pot and be left alone. They're like, no, you, you're not allowed to have pot and you can carry guns. Like, but we don't want guns. Like, yeah, you do. Like, so. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you another question that's going to make you look like a retard. In uh, oh not, not my words. Uh, I can't remember the listener. What is the story with DC? It's not a state, but it's not like in other states. It's kind of like a weird little. It's a, I think it's a, not even a commonwealth. I'm not for sure on that. Though. I don't think it's even a commonwealth. It was that's been that was decided upon a long time ago, and it's long. quite small, isn't it? It's yeah. DC is actually really small. Now, if you take the subway like I do from A to B, you think it's larger than it really is, but it's not that big at all. But there's a lot, a lot of people in that small area. So that's but, what uh, John Oliver brought this up on his show a little while back. I think of all, you know, as far as population, it has more than Vermont. But people who so, work in D.C. generally either live in Virginia or Maryland or another that's, state. That's a coin right? That's That's not 1,000%, you know, for sure. But that's, a, that's like anywhere else. You know, there's a lot of people in D.C. Equally, there's people in D.C. that work in Virginia or Maryland. So, okay. You see what I'm saying? It's they, just because they live there, I mean, they work directly in there. Or, or the other way around, just because you uh, work there doesn't mean you live there or, you know, live there, work there kind of thing. Fair enough. So the next question I've got for you, I think I know the answer to, but I'm guessing that you're pretty anti-gun control. I am. I am pro-gun. I am not pro-dumbass. That is the best way to word that. I don't think everybody and their mom should have guns. I didn't trust it, people in the Marines carrying guns, and we packed M16s like it was going out of style. Yeah. And I equally shot larger, much larger weaponry. And I still I didn't trust over half the people with that. So I don't guns like that. Assault rifles should not be on the streets. They should not be. I am definitely anti-assault rifle. That is something that sh- is not allowed. I feel like no one should be owning them. I don't care who you are or how many wars you've been to. You don't rate an assault rifle in my mind because it's just stupid to have one. So by assault house. rifle, you mean automatic? Anything rifle. automatic that could like okay. Let me reword that. By assault rifle, I mean anything a lot like AK, any AK style weaponry. Or yeah, M16. Machine, machine guns, basically. Yeah, anything like automatic, any automatic pistol or anything automatic should just basically, I feel like, should not be allowed. But definitely assault rifles should be off the books, for sure. And so what does automatic mean? It means you pull the you trigger. You just go down the pull, you pull the trigger and just empty the clip. No right. ends or butts. There's okay. no, so M16s have uh, burst on them. So they're not fully automatic. So they have semi-automatic, which means you pull the semi-automatic means you pull the trigger, bullet goes, you let go, you can do it again real quick. You know, one, two, three, four. Yeah, so you can go tap, 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 tap yep, without yep. reloading. You just got to bingo. Burst, there's a burst option on the M16s, which means when you 
flip over to it and you hold down the trigger, you'll fire off three rounds and you let go three more rounds. You let go three more rounds. AKs are automatics, which are you hold the trigger down and you empty the clip. Yeah. So that's how that works. I see. And so you're, you're not in favor of automatic weapons being... No. Uh, heck no. That's stupid. No one needs those. I mean, I mean, if, if you're in a war, yeah, of course you need something like that to that degree. And if honestly, if you're that good, you don't need something like that, period. But I just don't... I think on the streets, hell no. People don't need that stuff. That's, that's retarded. It's, it's, it's too deadly. Way too deadly. I don't mind people having guns. Just there should be certain people not allowed to have them. Now, I've gotten this argument with people that I feel like felons shouldn't have them and I guess it depends on what felon, felon, you know, what your charge was. Because somebody gave me a good reason. I was like, okay, maybe that's a case for whatever. Yeah. Well, if your felony is white collar crime, like you defrauded some insurance company, I feel like honestly, you should not be allowed to have guns. It should just be still something to that degree where you shouldn't be allowed to have. Just so we kind of drill home the fact that you know having a felon, that that stuff is not cool. But there are people that get that lumped into their life, and they don't mean to. But I mean, we don't even try and stop that. So. Fair enough. Well, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. We don't have guns in this country, pretty much. Only the police, only the powers that be have guns. And the the big argument that I always hear from the libertarians is that you need guns to protect yourself against the government, against a tyrannical government, potentially. But that's not really an option here. Here's my thing. I could see someone saying that, and you know what? I, I feel like there's some truth to what you say. But in reality, there's a lot more I could do to your life. If you're a tyrannical government and you're looking to like make my life a living heck, and I mean, and, and we're and violence is the option, and we're all and we're gonna we're both we're both going to violence with each other for sure. Then there's a lot more I could do without a gun to make your life just as miserable than than I don't really need a gun. There's other ways I can really make your life a living nightmare without like shooting you. Like what? I mean, I could. Just kidnap someone, torture them. So I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to shoot someone. I mean, I could build a bomb. I mean, a mine or something. Yeah, I could ruin your day like that. Yeah, and the the kind of argument against that whole libertarian thing is that if the government really wants to come and take over and impose martial law and put you in FEMA camps or whatever, then having a few guns isn't really going to stop them because the government has got the most firepower in the world. Yeah, M16s and stuff that you were talking about there. They'll they'll send soldiers with automatic weapons. So even if you've got a few automatic weapons, they will always have more guns and more bullets. Well, not you. just that. They could they just drop a bomb or shoot a missile. Like, yeah. end of story. You know, like, oh, awesome. You got some guns. Who cares? You know, it's just, well, shoot, here's a tank. It's kind of that. Yeah, you're right on that. I uh, Going back to the hunting part of guns, honestly, with like a bow and arrow, killing like a deer with a bow and arrow or a turkey, that's way more challenging than using a gun. So, aren't you more likely to injure it and cause it pain though? Whereas with a gun, it's more likely to be just instant lights out, job done. Not actually, that's both. Both are the same on that equation. You could easily injure them and just cause more pain. You really just need to know what you're doing. I'm not going to say go out there. If you go out there, if you go out there with a bow and arrow or a gun, you shoot a deer in the butt. Yes, that is not, that's going to cause it pain and injury. But if you are a hunter and you know what you're doing, you're supposed to shoot it in the heart. It should be as seamless as possible. Now, I'm not saying, not promoting hunting to each their own on that, but I am saying, you know, it's, if, that's another thing right there. If if it's a tyrannical government, you don't have to use guns. To, that's another thing. You could just do like starvate, you know, like block food supplies and stuff like that. There's a lot more to war than guns. That's what people never understand. Mm, yeah. Hunting-wise, though, um, presumably you have killed an animal and then eaten it right there in the woods or whatever. Have no, ever- I'm not doing that. No. you never done no. that? you never like, just no. made a fire and cooked it right no, there? No, no. I've never been in such a, such a, uh, a need of, of survival that that was what we're doing right now. So have you ever butchered an animal then, or do you, do, yeah. do you have another person to do that? No, I do that myself. So you what, cut all the guts out and whatnot? Yeah. Do you, are you a nose-to-tail man? If you know what I mean, like eat the whole thing. No, with turkeys, there's. It's only honestly the breast area is where most of the meat lies. There, all animals are gamey, you know. So, with turkeys, it's really the breast area, which is what I'm going for. And then with deer, yeah, I try and salvage as much as I can from the deer. And whatever used to when I was living in Kentucky, <laughs> this is used to be the craziest thing. I, I used to love doing this. Whatever I didn't eat in my deer, I would cut off like like say like the fr- the front legs, and I would give them to my dog. So my buddy used to say that 
that was the most intimidating thing he would see, which is this giant Doverman come around the corner with this giant deer leg hanging out of its mouth, <laughs> running around the yard. <laughs> nice. Oh, but man. yeah, I'm a big fan of, if you, especially fishing. Hunting's the same, but really with fishing. My cousin owned this giant watershed area, like a very, not a lake, but bigger than a pond. And I was a big fan of going out there fishing and the fish I took out there was purposeful, like not just to eat, but I understood in order to make the water here better, I needed to remove some of these fish out because they're just overpopulating it. And I was there when the water turned over. And what that means is the oxygen was, there was no more oxygen in the water. So from that moment forward, I found out later that of all my family members, I was the only one like culling the fish, so to speak, taking them out, you know, cooking them up. Everybody else was just catching them and releasing them, which is totally cool. But the problem is, is the fish have nothing to gut check them number wise. So their population just climbs out of control until finally they reach a max tipping point and there's no more oxygen left. Yeah. So from that moment forward, I would go like every time I went to fishing, it was kind of like a mission. Like, hey, we're here to catch uh, bluegill. And we're going to, as many as we can, because we kind of, and but I wouldn't wipe their numbers out. I would just kind of put a dent in them. So I'm, so fishing got better. As a result of that, now I have like family members tell me that whenever they go fishing, they catch like outrageously sized, huge fish. And I'm like, yes, that's probably like some of the stuff I did there, like to help the number game out. So you saved the animals by killing the animals. Hey, that's how it goes. You got to, uh, what is it? I can't think of how Spock specu- says it. <laughs> Speculate to accumulate. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, the needs of the. The many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different from Spock going into a little, the, little uh, different. The, the needs of Isaac outweigh the needs of the many fish. So, I mean, I've been on uh, fishing trips, and there's nothing as delicious as freshly caught fish. You know, you catch it that morning and you eat it that evening, and it is just absolutely delicious. I don't really like fish very much, but freshly caught fish is so nice. Now that, I would do that with the fish. So what I would do is, so I go fishing, come home, uh, clean them. And what I mean by cleaning them is I fillet them. And then after that, I might eat some of those or I might put them in a the freezer. And I would give those to say like my, my family. And then, uh, so that was kind of my way of saying thank you. to whenever I went fishing there, I was like, Hey, here's some fish. Do you want them? And then the same with the deer, I would uh, clean them. The deer takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And, don't you get um, blood everywhere? It's a little bit of blood. It's not too bad. But um, basically just clean them and then you kind of cure the meat and then just um, cook, cook it up. How do you cure you it? Salt water and ice. Kind of like let it sit in the salt water, kind of remove the, the blood out of it, and then rinse and repeat for so long. How long does it take? Um, I usually did it till you kind of, you kind of tell at the meat when it was usually good to go. I usually did about five trips of that, you know, like, uh, five, so it'd be about five days. That's kind of each, to each their own. That's kind of what I did. Are you supposed to hang it to make it, um, that's what you're supposed to do with beef on you. If it's cold enough outside, you could do that kind of stuff. If it's not cold enough outside, you need to be, you, you cannot pull that off. That's why you see people doing that, like in Alaska and stuff at those places or wherever the. They might be. If it's extremely cold outside, yeah, of course, the meat's going to be fine forever. Not forever, but for quite a while. If it's warm outside, no, you need to get it off the animal as quickly as possible and then get that in the freezer or in some cold water or something, you know, something that's cold. Okay, so you're saying that, that you only ever killed animals and then ate them, but you could have easily just gone to a supermarket and bought prepackaged meat. So surely the, the act of killing it was part you know, at least a big part of it. I, I'm a big fan of hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the act of killing it, it's really the, yeah, I'm trying to think of the word of this. The act of killing it for sure is, is I don't, I don't know, kind of like a, like a, yeah, I did that kind of moment, you know? Yeah. But, um. Don't you feel I, bad though? <laughs> yeah, I do feel bad. Don't get me wrong. I do feel bad when I do it, you know, but I, uh, I kind of th- say thank you, you know, to God. And, uh, but we won't go down that conversation, but I kind of say, you know, thank you for, you know, I kind of say thanks for what I just did. I understand what I, under, what I did and I appreciate it. It's not like a, they're, 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 I kind of took something off this planet. So I kind of say, you know, thanks for, you know, I understand the act of what I just did. Yeah. Are you coming and out then, of the closet there, by the way? 
Yeah. And then there's also, uh, <laughs> there's another realm of this too, which is I love being in the woods and I love stalking around. So I have a real problem when I go hunting of, I don't sit still. And a lot of my family knows this and they'll be like, if you go turkey hunting with Isaac, you have to be careful because the turkeys you hear might be Isaac on his, like, you know, my little turkey sound little device. And they're like, he's walking around. Like if Isaac gets bored, he'll start roaming the woods and you don't, he won't, you won't realize it's him kind of thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't sound very sensible. You end up getting shot by Dick Cheney, man. Well, if here's the thing. If you do that during deer hunting season, you're an idiot because those rifles will reach out and touch you. But turkey season's different. You have to use a shotgun. And a shotgun really is about worthless after about 75 yards. And with turkeys, you have to have a clear shot. Now, that's another problem about guns in general. People that have guns, if you're pro-gun then you need to go out in deer hunting season on opening day and just witness the sun. It's just like Vietnam out there. People are just firing off shots and there's no sun anywhere near the horizon. So there's impossible for most people to see what they're doing. So it is pretty dangerous then is what you're saying. De- deer hunting season can be very dangerous. Yes, I would highly, you need to wear orange for sure. You need to, you need to be very visible in the world. Turkey is not nearly as dangerous because you need to have a more, the hunt, the person that's going to shoot turkey is going to usually wait to last minute. Usually want a really good shot. And with shotguns, you have to at least get them really close. Now, let me take that back on the fact of the, tur- the deer season. Not every state allows you to use uh, high-powered rifles. So that is different from state to state. Oh, some of them you have to shoot from up close then, is what you're saying. Some of you, some people only allow you to use a shotgun. Other states don't care and you use whatever as far as like a rifle. And some of those rifles can really reach out and touch someone. Like a thirty out six, I would not recommend shooting that like standing on the ground, like in a like flat parallel, but parallel to the ground. I would not recommend shooting a thirty out six because it can go for a distance. So where you come from in Kentucky, it's pretty standard practice to go hunting then and to own guns and whatnot. Yeah, I would say it's it not everywhere, but where I lived in Kentucky was, and that's pretty much true for any state. Uh, if the more you get into the wooded areas, less the more rural areas, there you know the chances of you hunting or fishing kind of go up. And you're going to have buddies probably there doing it too. And you'll probably fall in with them. So That's just so weird. We just don't have that culture at all in this country. <laughs> we used you to. We, we used to have a, a fishing culture and hunting, but now it's just supermarket culture. And people who live in the countryside, oh man, I really shouldn't say this because I'll offend country types, but um, I don't know. They're just not not into those kind of old school sports, I suppose. I, I don't know. I just kind of like it. It's fun. Turkeys, the end, I want to say Indians, Native Americans had a saying, which was uh, any Indian can kill a deer, but only a chief can kill a turkey. And they are not kidding. Turkeys are on a, another wavelength of hard to kill because what, they, have they, extremely, well, they have extremely great eyesight okay. and they're very cautious. So the way their body is rigged up, their heads are constantly like on a swivel, just turning and they, they roam in packs. Not all the time. Not all the time, especially spring when they're mating. The the males are kind of by themselves. But in the fall, the females are running in these giant packs. Now they're not the once you kind of know what they're doing, they're not they're pretty easy to kill. But if you're just kind of seeing the woods and waiting for them to come to you, you gotta really be camoed up from head to toe. And that's the thing I love about hunting is getting putting camo on and getting dressed up. <laughs> I put more makeup on. I get into it, man. Really? Wow. Oh yeah, I'm in the I'm like predator. I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm covered in mud. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that bad, but <laughs> so there's no high vis jackets in uh, in turkey hunting. You don't have that word, do you? High vis. What's that? High visibility. You know the kind oh, of orange the, and yellow. The orange that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you can wear those. No, you would not wear those during turkey season. Turkey season is really you just kind of prop up against the tree, and you're covered from head to toe in camo, and you just kind of got your little. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, what you used to make the sound, and you're you got a shotgun kind of resting right there on your knee. I mean, it's very, you're going to be up close and personal with them. doesn't sound like much of a sport. It's just kind of stand there and wait, and then it comes, bam, dead. Well, the problem, well, it's just the whole, it's the patience part of it. Yeah. The But I've had, I mean, it's, I don't know, turkey, I've always enjoyed turkey season a lot more than uh, deer season. I, there was one time I was turkey hunting, and something was coming up behind me, and it was a fox. And it was so funny as I quit making the sound, and he was looking so hard because I was like, "Oh, this is." I realized what was going on is I'm hunting the turkeys, and he's hunting the turkeys. Uh, and that was that's what it's kind of those kind of moments in like the woods are really cool. Like right. one time I was deer hunting, and a coyote appeared, and he went to the most highest part of the field and just sat there in the cut, 
where no one else could see him, but I was watching him. And I realized, it's like, I know what he's doing. He has a better spot than I do right now on, on anything in these fields. <laughs> so I realized that if a deer comes up, he's got it before I do. <laughs> but I didn't shoot him. I just kind of watched him. I'm like, this is really cool. Are you allowed to shoot coyotes and stuff? Yeah, they have their own season, but I'm not a fan of that at all. Like, what am I going to do with those? Eat them, I guess? I'm not, no. There was some idiot hunter in Kentucky forever ago. Coyotes, like, killed something of his. I don't know. He went on this freaking vendetta and killed, like, I don't forget how many coyotes. And then suddenly, what what the moron did was, was he alters, like, the food chain now. And there's unlimited amount of turkeys, and they're just destroying all the land. Because moron here got mad about these 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 coyotes, and it was like, oh, I killed them all. Did everybody a favor? No, no, you didn't. There's a reason they're here on this planet, which is to put other animals in check. And now you've eliminated that check, you know that that waypoint, and now they're all growing out of out of sporadic rate. Like the same thing as that fishing thing that you said. Where you once when I went that one day fishing and saw the the I'd re- I used to read fishing magazines and whatnot, and when I saw the pond turned over. And saw the watch the fish, you know what was going on. I realized I was like, "This is nuts! I never seen this before." And um, I remember talking to like a game warden about. It. He's like, "The fact you were there for this is like insanely rare." You know, it's like, you know, it's just one of those moments in life. Like, I can't believe you actually saw that. Like seeing like a dinosaur or something. You know, what I mean, it's like these, these things happen quite a bit, but you 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 don't normally witness them. What? So seeing dinosaurs that happens quite a bit, but you don't. All, all the time. You know what I'm saying? Not- <laughs> <laughs> something something extremely rare as I'm trying to get at that yeah, would never like normally happen. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like a Bigfoot. You know, I don't know, something <laughs> of that nature. But uh <laughs> But witnessing that made me realize that you know there I need to you know, but to keep this from happening again, so because all it did was really ruin the numbers of you know, made the fishing pretty much null there. So So imagine you're hunting deer or turkeys in the woods and then all of a sudden you see a Bigfoot. What do you do? Are you going to kill it and be the most famous person in the world? No, really? there's no way I would shoot that. It was stupid. Really? If you yeah. saw if if Bigfoot turned out to be real, as ridiculous as that sounds, you would actually I'd probably be scared to death. Well, yeah. So you probably would shoot it because you were scared of it. <laughs> no, actually, I would just be frozen. So yeah. So you wouldn't. Well, if, if you got the opportunity to, because think about it: if you shot a Bigfoot and you know, dragged it back to wherever and and it was proved to be real and whatever, you would be the most famous person in the world. No, I don't mean, that sounds cool. That's not something I'm looking for, though. I mean, that's not, not really something I would care about. I'd rather be famous for something else than shooting a Bigfoot. I just don't, I would not shoot. Okay, now he's trying to kill me. Yeah, I'm probably going to, sh- and I got the gun and I'm hunting, you know, and he's like, I'm for sure going to kill me, then I'm probably going to shoot him. Yeah. But, you, but wouldn't, if, you wouldn't do it just if, for the fun of it. But if he was like that coyote or that fox and just kind of strolled up on me and didn't realize I was there and I was watching him, I would not do anything. That's weird. It's yeah. better. It'd be like one of those. How do I? Yeah, just no way. No. That's weird that you would happily kill something that you're going to eat, but not something. So you'd never kill anything as a trophy then. You'd never put. No, like, that's another thing that ticks me off. Trophy hunting is stupid. Now, anyone like that idiot in America that went killed that lion, it's so mm. stupid. All those things are so rigged up. Like, oh, oh here, yeah. we're going to take you to, like, a set, like, area. Now, Bigfoot, of course, is different, but trophy hunting, in my mind, is, is, is just ignorant as could be. Proves nothing. Yeah, it just proves that you can shoot fish in a barrel, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to word it. But if it was Bigfoot, yeah, I still wouldn't do that. It wouldn't, no, no. I don't know, I think Bigfoot's the only one I'd make an exception for, just to prove. Because <laughs> you'd, like, not, I, I say be famous, not, like, you know, Kardashian famous or whatever. I'm talking about like you'd be up there with Darwin and stuff like forever. You'd be known as the person who found this other hominid species. I don't know. No, be... I just no, I wouldn't really care about it. <laughs> yeah, but I no just, one would honestly, believe you. I mean, I'm saying that now. I still, I, I wouldn't really do it. Yeah. No one would believe you though if you told them. Even if you got some video of it on your phone or whatever, people would say, oh, no, that's just CGI or, you know, fake. Whereas if you've actually got the body of it, then that's, you know, the, the ultimate proof. I wouldn't really, honestly, I wouldn't probably tell too many people. Probably just some close friends. Yeah, you talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I talk about <laughs> the the the, uh, the Bigfoot show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll start a Bigfoot podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot Luddites. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Did you say you had something else to talk about then? Uh, I think that's it. You know, you kind of got me off on a rant. So hopefully this won't. I'm sure some people are going to. Call in and or write in, call me a moron. So whatever. <laughs> Probably. I really ain't too worried about it. But 
Uh, oh, that's what it was. I remember now. Uh, knives. I have I have uh, knives. I have so many of. <laughs> <laughs> so when I moved to my trailer forever ago, when I was getting out of the Marines in Kentucky, the guy living there or used to live there, he left his whole garage. Like he was a hoarder. And one of the one of the things he did was he always would buy these. Like, he would get into something and try and buy a whole lot of them and sell them. I ended up, like, going through his garage because he pretty much, like, abandons it. And I think it was, like, a law with that abandonment. See, he took what he wanted and just basically made us, like, get rid of the rest of it. I go through his stuff, and I come to find out he has knives upon knives upon knives. I end up, you know, not counting them all, but I have, like, about 10 milk crates full of knives and boxes, too. So, there's probably, like, 1,000-plus knives. I end up giving so many away. What kind of knives are we talking about? Steak knives or big, like, Rambo Oh, we're talking about crazy, these crazy Rambo knives you would see in the mall that you would never use. Like with that, like if you were holding it, like there'd be a part that would go around your fingers with spikes on it and there'd be like this giant blade come out the top or out the bottom of it or both. What are you supposed to do with those? I have no idea. He was going to sell them at a trade show, but he, I guess he realized that was such a pointless endeavor. So he just kept all of them because he, he was a big hoarder. But now in all my drawers of everything I own in my house, there's a knife. <laughs> Even knives are illegal here, you know. You know, obviously we can't have guns, but even if you get caught walking around with a knife, you can go to prison. Here, it's, I want to say if it's more than three inches. If it's more than three inches, you got some problems. That's like, but, I, but a steak knife's more than three inches, isn't it? Yeah, that is true. There is one knife I'm, I'm very particularly proud of, which I got when I was in the Marines in the Philippines, and it's a machete. I traded with a Filipino Marine with it, and it's hardcore. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Speaking of the Marines, and I asked you this once before, I think in an email, but you've never killed anyone then? No. Did you ever come close? No. What do they pay you for then? I'm just, I'm just there, man. What's I'm the- just there. Guy, if I'm there to do it, then I do it. <laughs> I swear you were on the crack team that killed Bin Laden, but you just killed <laughs> That's <Bin Laden>. what <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was the guy that crashed at one helicopter, like, whoops. <laughs> 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 yeah, not at all suspiciously a few weeks yeah. later. Yeah. Exactly. That was me. Okay. Right. Well, that's enough of this. Let's uh we've got a tiny, tiny bit of feedback as in one email, so let's do that quickly. Okay, so if you want to get in touch, you can leave a comment on the website or you can email podcast at joerest.com. And that is something that Craig Squire did. He said, Hi Joe Isaac. Just listened to the trauma you had in the public toilets at Ogcamp, but I had to get in touch. I'm a long-time listener and I've been to Ogcamp in the past. Indeed, I was there when you performed a set at the old hotel in Liverpool a couple of years ago. I was so ill when I did that, I could hardly see. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, he says, I help run our family business in Willenhall, predominantly making and selling locks for cabinets and the like. But due to a request, we also sell disposable paper toilet seat covers. You can see our range here, and then he links to it. And it's nichelocks.com slash disposable toilet seat covers. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes to promote them. And he says, I've got a couple of free packs for you and Isaac, too, if he wants them. Just let me know the address to send them to. No worries if you'd rather not. Keep up the podcast and all the best. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please, please send me some. I I seriously want these. Even though I would never use them, I still want them. (laughs) I just don't know what I would do with them, really. Like I would definitely use them at my house, and I I will give back a report on how they are. What, are we going to do a review show of them? We should do a review of them, for sure. (laughs) I don't know what I would do with them, because I swear toilet seat cover is never going to cover the whole seat. and I'd rather just try and wash it first or just hang on to it until I get home, ideally. um, (laughs) What? What? You know, like reuse them? No, hang on to the oh. poo. Oh, 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 oh! I thought you meant like wash the toilet seat covers and reuse them. I was like, what are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. <laughs> if I have to use a public toilet, then I'll just quickly wash the seat. But covers, I don't know, unless it's really going to cover it properly. But uh, for me, it really matters where I'm using the bathroom at in the public. If it's at like at the ball game, I'm not a big fan of taking a poo there. Yeah. If it's at work, yeah, I'm going to take a poo there. Really? Yeah, but if you work in an office where people are like really, you know, whatever. But like if you're just in public and it's just a horrible pub toilet, then it's just a bit rank, really. Oh, nothing worse than, yeah, if you're at the the bar, that's that's the worst. Yeah, but my top tip for anyone while we're on this um, rather, I don't know what you'd call it, subject uh, toilet stuff. If you're out in public and you need to go, go to McDonald's, at least in the UK or at least in London, because... (laughs) Their toilets are 
pristine. You walk in and there's that faint smell of bleach of like, you know, clean toilet smell. And they must have people going in there like every half an hour or something. And it didn't used to be like that. But I think that just at some point, the management, you know, the upper, you know, execs said, right, we're going to have clean toilets and we're going to be known for it. And I would not set foot in a McDonald's unless it was to use the toilet. But, uh, you know, I would never eat their food because apart from... Yeah, because they're like really... um, Apart from the fact that it's horrible food that's really unhealthy, they're also really unethical and stuff. And they're just an evil company, and I would rather not deal with them. So, even is there I, any is there any food so good at a place that you you would use their public toilet and eat the food at the same time? Generally, not the kind of places <laughs> where I eat the food. They've got really or no toilet. Like I, I go to a local chicken place. It's kind of like KFC, but it's only there's only I think two of them. One and the other one's like about four or five miles away. So it's a very small company, and they don't have a toilet. But no, there's no way I'd eat at McDonald's. I haven't eaten at McDonald's uh, since <sighs> Super Size Me, I suppose. Oh, man. Dude, McDonald's is good. Nah. I, I drive past a McDonald's sometimes, and the, where it is, people have to like turn in there, and you have to keep clear. And sometimes people are trying to turn in, and then they block my way, and I get so annoyed. Just like McDonald's filth, get out my way. I don't know. There's just something I look down on people who eat at McDonald's. I'm afraid, so I now look down on you. So are you? <laughs> that threw me off. Uh, McDonald's scum. I know. <laughs> you know your words. Your words can won't hurt me because there's a McRib out there that is so much more delicious than your words are. So. <laughs> But well, uh, that reminds me of a Simpsons where he's like, is it zebra meat? And like, you wish it was zebra meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we had the horse meat scandal here. Yeah. And, and we had a scandal where it, was, um, it wasn't cows that people were eating. And then, you know, it was a big headline, like this company has been selling meat that's supposedly beef but isn't. And then when I looked into it, the animal that it was just looked like it was not a buffalo, but it was like something like that, a big cow-like thing. And it's like, what is the difference? Okay, fair enough, it's supposed to be a cow, but I don't know. The, the difference with horses is that they are not um, fit for human consumption because they pump them full of drugs and stuff to... Um, I mean, they do it with cows too, so... And chickens. Yeah. Yeah, someone was telling me that they pump them full of antibiotics and they, oh, yeah, they, they are contributing to the antibiotic resistance yep, and like yep. hospital superbugs and stuff, but... Um, yeah, are you going to use these toilet seat covers when you go to the odd camp next year? Um, well, I, I'm <laughs> put it this way: thank you very much for the offer, Craig, but uh, I don't want them enough to give you my address. I'm afraid. But, oh my gosh, uh, you can have my address completely. <laughs> yeah. So Isaac's address is uh, yeah, let's so, just air it out to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's social and his address and his routing number are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you're at the next odd camp, Craig, then definitely bring me a box of them, and I'll. Why don't you do a uh, and uh, what's it called? What, what do you what do you call it? Odd camp, the the quick talks, uh, lightning talks. Oh yeah, lightning talk. I thought there was another word. No, when you the any talk. What do you mean, unconference? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. But anyway, the light, you should do a lightning talk over these toilet seat covers. Yeah, the, while you need them at odd camp. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good point actually. Yeah, you could you could hook up a Raspberry Pi to them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Are they open hardware? Like, as the uh, are the schematics available to make your own? You know, can you, you can let a three D print a toilet seat, please? you could like three D print something that could sit over the whole. That's that's actually not not just that, but you could you could probably three D print. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Three D uh, print your own toilet seat cover to put over that. That would yeah. be pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, and then you could wash it and reuse it rather than these disposable ones. Right, this is just getting ridiculous. We've been going over an hour and we're talking about 3D printing toilet seat covers. I think we'd better get out of here. So, um, yeah, we didn't get much feedback last time, but um, hopefully people will send us it. Uh, podcast.joeress.com. And uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. We've got a guest potentially lined up for the next one that should be quite interesting and a little bit more serious than this one. <laughs> I like these shows, though. Yeah, well, at least someone does.
<laughs> that's the main thing <laughs> so i don't know when we'll be back maybe over christmas it depends you've got to go to kentucky i don't know that maybe it'll be just me and the guest i don't know we'll have to see but uh until then then i'm joe i'm isaac see you later